It's the next level. that may not be suitable for all viewers. Your discretion is advised. Coming to you undead from Studio Zero and the Next Level Network of Podcasts. The dessert of blood, carnage, banana splits and donuts. It's time to offer some sweets to the sweet on What What Lurks Behind behind Podcast Podcast Zero. Zero. I am your host, Postmortem Paul. And kids, this is the 52nd episode. I might add, it's a tasty one this week. <laughs> um, so, kind of in the same vein as uh, if you were in the Detroit area, that is uh, TV20's uh, Thriller, the double feature. Used to do that every uh, Saturday afternoon. It's back in the 80s and 90s, of course. Uh, this week's offering is a two for one smorgasbord of sugar drops firstly uh, brief review uh, no spoilers of course but a brief review of the soon to be released Carnival of Gore from Warner Brothers uh, movie the Banana Splits movie uh, which uh, I need to give thanks to both Ben of the Next Level Network and Warner Brothers for allowing me the chance to see and review this movie in advance And then, this week's feature presentation. It's a goofy one. Um, The title should say it all. Attack of the Killer Donuts. From 2016 slash 2017 kind of thing. But whatever. Uh, First though, I'm going to have a quick nerd out moment here, guys. Um, So yesterday it was announced... Okay, I'm an 80s kid. You guys know this. I grew up on 80s cartoons and whatnot. Uh, So, everyone's favorite podcaster, or, well, I say everyone. Eh, Fuck it. Everyone's. Yes. Kevin Smith is bringing back to us Masters of the Universe. Woohoo! In an anime form, of course. The 
He's bringing it back, uh, teaming up with Powerhouse. For those of you not familiar with Powerhouse, they are the um, animation company who gave us the Castlevania series on Netflix. Well, anyways, uh, Masters of the Universe Revelations is coming. So I, I'm excited. I, I grew up on He-Man and She-Ra and all that shit. And, uh, I'm kind of excited about this. I know um, I saw a few people, you know, saying, well, anime, why are they going this road? And it's kind of lazy. I don't know what kind of anime people watch because anime is not lazy. Uh, it's not a lazy form of animation at all. If you've seen, like, obviously, you guys have heard me rant and rave about, you know, Ghost in the Shell or Akira, Spirited Away, or any of that Studio uh, Ghibli stuff. Fuck, some of that stuff's amazing. Um, Wicked City, uh, Vampire, Hunter D, um, Ninja Scroll. Like, these are these are all old animes and some recent, but it looks beautiful. So, and, and I mean, Castlevania, right? Like, the Castlevania series on Netflix is amazing. So, I don't know, I'm, I'm excited about it. I know it's supposed to, uh, I, I, from what my understanding is, it's going to like kind of like tie up loose ends and it's going to give us like some of the stories that were never really finished from the original series, you know, in the 80s and whatnot. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, quickly, before I do my quick review of the Banana Splits movie, I do want to also give a, a Lurker's recommendation this week. And some of you have probably already seen it. I just saw it a couple days ago and really loved it. Uh, the movie Overlord, it's that J.J. Abrams uh, produced film. Uh, it, was, it came out in 2018 or whatever. It's on Netflix now. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, I know it's the whole USA versus the Nazis and we're the good guys versus the bad guys and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but it had a, like a cool like reanimator kind of zombie apocalypse kind of vibe to it. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it starts a little slow. There's a lot of character development, but then after that, it like, fuck, it ended really nicely. So I enjoyed it. You know, great music. It was shot well. The acting is actually quite decent. I, I, I was impressed. I, I enjoyed it, you know. So I thought I'd make that my Lurker's recommendation of the week. Check out Overlord if you haven't seen it. it it's not bad. I mean... Again, like I say, it's the whole, you know, USA versus, you know, Nazi Germany kind of stuff and whatnot. But it, it's still, it, it's, it's, a, it's a fun flick, and I enjoyed it. So I thought I would mention that quickly. But now, so like I said, kind of like a double feature kind of thing. This is, I'm calling this the coming attraction, you know, because technically the physical release has not been released yet. Um, it has had its internet release and whatnot, but and I, I mean, I should say like, you know, the banana splits movie, that's the movie I'm talking about right now. It's a 2019 film. It was, uh, it's first, you know, premiere was at the San Diego comic-con, uh, July 17th and 18th. Um, the internet release for it was August 13th, but the physical release is coming out August 27th. And again, like I said, like it, a lot of thanks needs to go to, uh, like, from me to Ben because he was the one that, like, he kind of messaged me. He's like, hey, you know, Warner Brothers is hitting me up with an advance uh, copy of Banana Splits movie. And, I, you know, he knew I wanted to see this movie really bad. And 
just the trailer alone, I was like, this has my name written all over it. Like, it's just that kind of movie, right? So he hit me up with the movie and, uh, yeah, this is my quick little review on it. Uh, this is also, I I love this. It's the first film adaptation ever of a Hanna-Barbera like property that's rated R (laughs) like for horror, violence and gore. And it's like, man, if like this being successful, I say do the Pink Panther next. But anyways, (laughs) no, I'm kidding. I don't even, is Pink Panther? Yeah. Pink, no, Pink Panther is not Hanna-Barbera. I don't think so. Do the Smurfs. Oh, now that would be fucking cool. Do the Smurfs in an R-rated film. That Oh, the Purple Smurfs episode, which, okay, it was based on the comic when it was like the Black Smurfs, but, you know, when they made that episode, you know, they didn't want to hit that racial, ten, you know, that racial tension kind of stuff. So they changed it to the Purple Smurfs, but the whole, oh, fuck, that was so awesome. I love that episode. Anyways. Moving on to Banana Splits movie, because that is what I'm talking about here. So, uh, June 13th, 2019 is actually when we first got our, our trailer for it. Uh, Sci-Fi Wire, I believe, I believe released it first. Um, anyways, a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot, but there were people that commented saying it was like this movie was inspired by the Five Nights at Freddy horror movie that was supposed to be released. Who cares? I mean, even if it was or it wasn't, I really don't care. Like, this, this movie's still... Oh, I like this movie. It was fun. Um, quickly, just... Uh, I'm not going to do this like I do like my feature reviews and whatnot, but like uh, it's written by Jed Elenoff and Scott Thomas, produced by Adam Friedlander, and directed by Danishka Esterhazen. Or Esterhazy, sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Um... Starring cast was uh, Danny Kind from Winona Earp, uh, Romeo Carrere from Pie Wacket, which is a film with Laurie Holden. Uh, she was in The Walking Dead, I believe that, Andrea, and also in the Silent Hill film. Yes, she was in that too. Uh, Steve Lund is in this from Bitten. Um, Nalady Majula, I, I hope I pronounced that right. Anyways, this is her first feature film, and she was really good. She plays Paige. She's really good in this. Uh, Sarah Canning from The Vampire Diaries was in this. Uh, Selena Martin, Maria Nash, Daniel Fox. And I'm apologizing now in case I say his last name wrong, but introducing Finley Wojtak Hisong. He plays Harley. And I, again, I apologize if I butchered that name. I That is not my intention. <laughs> um... The synopsis for the film, for those of you who do not know what the Banana Splits film is about, a young boy named Harley is spending his birthday with his family at a taping of the Banana Splits at Taft Studios. Uh, Banana Splits was a TV series like in the in the 60s and was it 70s? I think it was just late 60s. But anyways, um, and the outing takes an unexpected turn that involves a rising body count after learning that the show is being canceled resulting in the characters taking on lives of their own. Because, like, I, I can't say a whole lot. I, I, the Banana Splits themselves, the four characters, are animatronic robots. So that's about as much as I'm going to say on this because I really don't want to spoil anything. You need to see this movie. I will say this. If you want kind of an idea of what this movie is like, imagine Chuck E. Cheese after he gets pissed off with your shit. Like... <laughs> <laughs> that's what this movie is really it's stupid it's outrageous hilarious 
lots of funny and gory kills. Uh, there's a, there's a few kills that actually really stand out. One that is like, whew, it's awesome. Um, but I'm not going to lie. This movie is exactly what I hoped it would be. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I saw a few comments online, whatnot. People have commented saying this is a disgrace to the Hanna-Barbera series. But come on now. It's a horror movie, a horror comedy, really, with these characters going on a killing spree. And unless you're a warped little kid like I was back in the day, I'm pretty sure younglings will not be watching this movie. It's rated R for a reason, um, if parents even pay attention to that kind of stuff these days. But my point is, is that, like, I don't, I don't see this as a disgrace to it. I see as it taking a property from our childhood and making fun of it and having fun with it. This movie is fun. The special effects are done well, especially in a few scenes. Like, like I said, there's, there's one kill scene that just, I loved it. I was like, man, this is like so much what I wanted. Is the movie predictable at times? Yes, a little, but I mean, come on with a name and a concept like the banana splits movie, you got to know what kind of mindset to go into this movie with. I mean, it's listed as a comedy horror for a reason. It's not meant to be taken seriously, much like the feature film I'm going to be reviewing this week, like attack of the killer donuts. You, you get the point, you know what you're walking into for me personally. I give this movie a seven out of 10. No, it's not Oscar worthy. Hell no, but it's just a great movie to just shut your brain off to, chill out with, have some fun, have some laughs, you know, sit around with some friends, have a few drinks and laugh your ass off. So what this movie is meant to be, it's going to be, I, I, I want to save myself personally. I could see this like having cult status within time. Like I know a lot of people are going to reject this at first, but there's a lot of people that are going to love it. And I really can't say much more than that without spoiling stuff. And because this movie hasn't even had its physical release yet, I I cannot spoil anything. Like, Attack of the Killer Donuts, I'll be spoiling shit. But I can't with this. So that's my, that's my take on it. It's a 7 out of 10. It's, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's a movie worth just checking out. Have fun with it. You know what I mean? Like, And that's the thing. Like, I find that a, a lot of today... And I mean, I'm one to one to talk, right? Like I critique these movies on this um this podcast as well. But I find nowadays we're too critical of movies instead of just having fun with them. You know what I mean? And it also goes back to like what I was saying about Masters of the Universe. Like I have seen people already criticizing it. It's like we don't even know what this looks like yet. Like guys, like let's just have fun with these movies. As a fan, I'm saying this movie is a lot of fun. Well worth the watch. And on that note, maybe it's now time to move on to our feature presentation of the week. Because like I said, if I talk anymore, I'm going to say something I probably shouldn't, you know, in spoilings, shit and whatnot. So on to the feature presentation of the week, which as per usual, I'll play the trailer. And then when I'm done playing that and, you know, you're... Your ears are feeling sugar-coated to hear about a really bad but fun B-movie. Yes, when we return. Attack of the Killer Donuts! Back in a moment. Can you hear that? 
Don't worry. This won't hurt a bit. Your serum has contaminated the donuts and they've come to life. Have I seen what I think I'm seeing? The donuts are alive and mutated into killer donuts. Let's call the police. And tell them what? An army of killer donuts is on the loose? <laughs> Free donuts! Kids, did you know? Here's one of those did you know trivia things. There's also movies called Attack of the Killer Refrigerator and Attack of the Later Hosen Zombies. I haven't seen either of them. I just found out about them um, like what yesterday when I was doing my uh, research for this. I mean, I mean, yeah, okay, we all knew there was Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I mean, the movie's even being remade like currently right now. It's in reboot process, you know. Um, if I remember correctly, that was reported like around like July 19th or whatever. So yeah, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is being remade. Uh, personally, myself, I don't think it's needed. It's one of these unnecessary remakes. Yeah, I know the original's dated and whatnot, but whatever. It's supposed to be. Um, but anyways. So, this week's feature presentation. Attack the Killer Donuts. First premiered in Japan at the Quaylight Fantastic Cinema Collection. Um, I guess it's like a festival or whatever. Um, so that was July 17th in 2016. The North American release for Attack of the Killer Donuts was November 17th, 2017. So, I mean, if you're going based on North American release, this is actually a 2017 film. But it did have its like, first screening in Japan in 2016. So... It's a 2016 film. Directed by Scott Wheeler, who, man, this guy did some Oscar winners, if I ever heard of him. Uh, Transmorphers, Fall of Man, Sinkhole, Avalanche Sharks, Martian Land. Like, these are movies, like, he directed. Like, how did we not see that Attack of the Killer Donuts would be such a smash hit? Um, but I will say this. Okay, enough poking fun at Mr. Wheeler here. Uh, when it comes to vi- like visual effects credits, um, so he worked on some big big ones here. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV series, uh, the X Files TV series, Millennium, and then of course he did a lot of sci-fi movies, which also included Sharknado Three. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I don't know. He's done some epic smash hits and then he's done some of these kinds of movies um so it is what it is but i mean he had a lot of like credits to his name so i mean he he's been in the biz for a while uh tag of the killer donuts was written by nathan dalton christopher d christopher i'm not kidding his name is chris d christopher um which he also worked on Piranaconda, so that should say a lot. <laughs> and Rafael Diaz or Diaz Wagner. I don't know why I said Diaz, but um, Rafael Diaz Wagner, who also is the producer of this film as well. The cinematography 
was done by Howard Wexler. And actually, some of the movies he's done I was I was familiar with. He did uh, a few of the Evil Bong movies, uh, Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong, uh, Puppet Master, Access Termination, and uh, Curse of the Puppet Master. Those were the two he did of the Puppet Master series. And he did a movie called Terror Night with Alan Hale Jr., which if you guys aren't familiar with the name, he played, uh, the, you know, the, the skipper on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> and then William Butler and Michelle Bauer was also part of that film. So Howard Wexler, I mean, he's, yeah, he's done cheesy films, but if you think about it, he's perfect for this movie then because he knows how to film a cheesy film. Um... Music by Joel Smilin. Smilin. Jesus, I wish I could learn to pronounce fucking names. But anyways, uh, I love this. So he does music for this movie. He also has done movies or uh, music, I should say, for an episode of Dora the Dora the Explorer and the TV movie Dora Saves the Snow Princess. So kind of cool he does you know kids movies and then he does attack the killer donuts um range it's all about the range you know um okay so our starring cast here's you know here's the the meat and potatoes of this fucking movie okay so your starring male lead justin ray as johnny wentworth um really popular uh, he had a big role on tv series living with models i can't say i've ever watched it or ever seen it but I think he was in something like 36 or 37 episodes or something like that. And he was born May in 1990. I make a point of this for a reason. You'll find out in a moment why. Uh, Cassandra Voyage as Emma Wentworth. Um, she's Johnny's MILF-like mom, basically. Uh, she is the daughter of Nadia Cassini. Oh, where have we heard that name before? I don't know. Here we go again. It all comes around to this fucking movie. Star Crash. Nadia Cassini played the queen in Star Crash. And she was... Uh, so, Cassandra was born in 1977. Um, I make point of that for a reason in a moment. Uh, <laughs> and she was also in... Uh, recently, the uh, Netflix-released movie uh, Velvet Buzz- Buzzsaw. Now, the reason why I mentioned those two actors and their ages... Think about this for a second. Johnny Wentworth and Emma Wentworth, son and mother, yet born 13 years apart. Right. And yes, you fucking notice it in this movie. Like, seriously, like the opening shot when you see the two of them, it's like you figure that she's like his wife. You would not think that that's his mom. He even makes some comment about who has the most beautiful mom in the world. It's like, dude... If if we're being realistic here, she was 13 years old when she gave birth to you. Um, there's issues with that. There's some serious issues with that. But anyways, moving on. So, Michael Swan as Uncle Luther. Michael Swan. I think we've heard that name before, too. Um, hold on a moment. He was in V, the original miniseries. He was in Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. He was the Dodgers announcer in Captain America, the first Avenger. Wait a minute. Here we go. He was also Dr. Wayne in Midnight Movie. Remember that one? Remember, I just talked about Midnight Movie, what, episode 45? Yes, I know. He's in this movie, too. As a matter of fact, I believe episode 45 was when I first mentioned about Attack of the Killer Donuts because I was like, I need to see this fucking movie. Guess what? I made it happen. 
Moving on. Our main female lead, Kayla Compton, as Michelle Kester. She's only been acting since 2011. Only had about 15 acting credits to her name. Uh, She did have an appearance on the TV show Entourage. Um, She looks quite a bit like Kristen Stewart, except that I like Kayla's acting. Says a lot right there. So, Moving on, uh, Lauren Elise, who I guess her real name is Lauren Compton, but in this film she went by the name of Lauren Elise. Uh, She plays Veronica. She's been in movies like Clown Town, which I have not seen. But I did read the premise of it. Sounds interesting. (laughs) She was also in the movie Death House, which is basically that, you know, the Expendables of Horror film that I wasn't really impressed with. (laughs) There were parts of it I liked, but whatever. She was also in a movie called Hell Girl with Tom Sizemore. Yeah, Tom Sizemore, he, uh, he knows how to make good movies too. But he was awesome in Natural Born Killers, I will say that. Um, so... Aaron Groban as Bobby. He's basically the long-haired burnout that Veronica is cheating on Johnny with. Um, the only notable movie he's been in, aside from this, that stood out was Zombies. Yeah, Zombie a- Animals, you know, that movie. Um, it's on Netflix, I think, actually. But yeah, um, you can see that a lot of these actors have done a lot of great Oscar-winning films. So it, it, I had to point all of this out. Um, ben Heyman as Howard. Uh, not much. He will have a small role in the upcoming uh, Joker film. What is it that, uh, isn't a Scorsese doing that or something? Uh, The Joker film with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, So Ben Heyman is playing a protester. Chris D. Christopher. Remember I I, I mentioned his name earlier. He was the writer of... Uh, of, of of this film he also has a small role he plays cliff burbank which cliff is like the restaurant uh, like the donut restaurant like owner or whatever um kind of he's an annoying character really but i mean it, it, he's he hams up the acting so he does what he's supposed to do um frederick burns as officer hammerstein and the name you might be familiar with c thomas howell as Officer Rogers. Now, I bring that up because Rogers and Hammerstein. That's the two cops' names. Where have we heard Rogers and Hammerstein before? But anyways, talking about C. Thomas Howell, uh, 213 acting credits to this dude. He's been around. Um, Movies like E.T., The Extraterrestrial. The Hitcher with Rutger Hauer from 1986. That great movie. He was in The Outsiders. Uh, Red Dawn, the good one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, he was in an episode of The Outer Limits, uh, The Hitcher 2. Uh, not really that good, but it's there. It's a sequel. It is what it is. Um, a lot of people know C. Thomas Howell recently, though, uh, from a lot of the work he's done with uh, DC. Uh, he was uh, the voice of Reverse Flash in Justice League The Flashpoint Paradox. He was also in Justice League Gods and Monsters. He was in the Injustice 2 game, uh, I believe, again, playing Reverse Flash. And he also played Reverse Flash, or Zoom, whatever, in Suicide Squad Hell to Pay, which is actually a pretty decent animated movie. I I really liked it. Uh, And on the Marvel side of things, he was Carson Wolf in the uh, Punisher TV series with, uh, what is it, John Bernthal? So, he's 
been both DC and Marvel, but uh, so many actors do that, I notice. You know, uh, Ryan Reynolds. I'm not going to lie. I'm throwing this out there now. I actually like the Green Lantern movie, so fuck all y'all if you don't like it. Um, anyways, back to this movie, Attack of the Killer Donuts. The runtime is 98 minutes long. This movie is not rated. It's an indie film that did not get an MPAA rating. Whatever. And budget and gross profits? Good fucking question. Couldn't find shit. I have no clue how much mu- this... Bleh. I couldn't tell you what the DVD sales were or what the, the box office was or anything. Nothing. That's fine. Whatever. I don't give a shit. I don't need that stuff to validate whether or not I love a movie. But now it's time for synopsis. And as usual, I'm going to add some flair to it. You know, because I like doing that shit. It's kind of fun. Makes it more worthwhile. You know what I mean? So here we go. A chemical accident in a sleepy town turns ordinary donuts into bloodthirsty monsters. Unaware of the dangerous donuts, Johnny, Michelle, and Howard sell them to unsuspecting customers. But when the donuts start eating their victims, the only way the three friends can save their sleepy town is to track down the killer donuts and destroy them. Watch it all come full circle when the final standoff is where it all began. Dandy Donuts. Alright, so that's that. Um, it is now time. Time in the show when we do the Notes from the Beyond. Like I said, nobody's complained about it. So that is what we're calling this segment. And, well, so how I started off my notes. I basically wrote, well, 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 what the fuck were you expecting? I mean, come on now. It's a movie called Attack of the Killer Donuts. So, what the fuck were people expecting? I actually saw people complaining about this movie. It's like, hello? Like, that's that's like me going into a movie like Attack of the Killer Refrigerator and expecting, like, to see Gandhi. No, I'm not going to fucking see that kind of fucking movie. Like, erg. Anyways, so... The things that I can point out about this movie. First off, it's not horribly shot. They're... All right, so there's times in the film where, I mean, it looks like it might have been like a school project or whatever, but, I mean, honestly, again, this is a low-budget film that, I mean, I don't even know what the budget was. So, like, what the fuck? Like, it's not... Again, it's all about mindset, and that's something I'm going to point out quite a bit. It's all about mindset. When you go into this movie, you have to know what to expect. Best way to describe this movie? Um, so... Maybe uh, it's like Clerks 2 meets Killer Tomatoes, but instead of tomatoes, it's donuts. Like, I don't know. And it does do a lot of like throwbacks and little like um, references to like, you know, previous films and whatnot, especially like I think the one that stood out the most for me was like the whole idea, like the reference to Reanimator, you know, that great movie with Jeffrey Combs. Um. I mean, like the serum, the serum that Uncle Luther is is working on in in the basement, and he's working on a rat, kind of like when um, you know Herbert West is like trying to reanimate the cat. Well, it was like very much like that, but the serum is green and it's in a syringe. Like it's it's very much like Reanimator, and it doesn't it doesn't hide that. That's what I like about it. It's it's not trying to hide it. It's like yeah, we ripped that off. Hello, here we go. Um, 
And I mean, okay, if you remember Reanimator, I mean, there were times there were like with the cat when the cat was reanimated, you could tell it was a stuffed toy. All the animals in this movie are stuffed toys. Like, I mean, one thing's for sure. You can't say that any animals were harmed during the making of this film. Like, no fucking way, man. They're all animated. Even like when, um, oh shit. Uh, and I wrote it down somewhere. Anyways, um, when, um, Scolari is doing her little dance, you know, and she's like going to eat her donuts and whatnot. And her cat is sitting on her couch. It's a fucking stuffed cat. Like you can tell, like. Oh, well, so what? Like, and the donuts, like, the donuts are CGI. I'm not going to lie, but they're like sugar coated critters. And I mean, like, I'm not saying like critters isn't in like, you know, like doughy little critters that you eat. No, like, I'm talking about like that movie, Critters. It's, they're kind of like that. Or like, here's a far stretch, but this is kind of where my mind goes when I watch things like this. I remember in Gremlins when the one gremlin is eating the gingerbread cookie. Well, this is as if the gingerbread cookie was given life and it's going to get even for all the shit it's been put through. Like, that's kind of like how I look at a movie like this. The acting is bad, but I love that the actors knew this was a bad movie. It's like they, they walked into this going, okay, we know what we're making here. We know this is not going to be, you know, Schindler's List. This is going to be fucking cheese. So they camped it right the fuck out. And the actors are having such a heyday with it. Like, and it's so much fun. Um, Michael Swan alone, like as Uncle Luther, he reminds me of Jeffrey Combs in Reanimator, but like as if it was like John Glover's character in Batman and Robin, if you remember that. Like, I mean, like, oh, um, Floronic Man. Like, you know, if you watched the Swamp Thing series that was canceled, and you know, there was Floronic Man. Well, we had Floronic Man in Batman and Robin, but he was played by John Glover, and he was, like, really, like, batshit wild and stuff. That That's what we had, although he wasn't Floronic Man in Batman and Robin. And for the love of me, I, I, I for the life of me, life of love, life, whatever. Um, I can't remember what his fucking real name is, like, like the character's name. Why? And you know what? I just watched the fucking series. Why can't I remember this? Uh, whatever. We'll just wipe that off the slate. Uh, look, moving on. Justin Ray. So Justin Ray reminds me a bit of Justin Long. Um, kind of. But his acting is a lot worse. But intentionally. So what does that say about Justin Long? Oh. Tusk was awesome, though. I know a lot of people don't like Tusk. Whatever. Fuck you. Justin Long was awesome in Tusk. I liked him. And I mean, okay, I have issues with the Jeepers Creepers films, but the first one wasn't that bad. And yeah, Justin Long was in that too. So anyways, Kayla Compton, however, she's like, you know, she's Michelle. She's our lead female and whatever, whatever, you know, and and I'm going to say this right now from a male point of view. um, She's cute. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, she's very nice on the eyes. But I got to give her this. She's also probably the best actor in this movie. She's the most logical, that's for sure, in a movie that's very illogical. Like, I mean, there's even one part, one point where um, I think it's Howard says, we got, we, got, we got to call the cops. And she's like, and what are you going to tell the cops? Like, that killer donuts are, like, terrorizing the town? Like, like she's like that person in the movie that's, like, self-aware of the fact of how stupid this is. And I love... Like I love that part of uh, of of her character, like that she's she's not afraid to point out the stupidity of all of this, but yet hey, we're we're kind of stuck in this. So what the fuck do we do? Like we got to deal with this. Um, and I mean, okay, the whole age gap. 
between Johnny and his mom is a fucking riot. Like, I commented on it earlier, and I mean, I personally think it's fucking hilarious. Like, <laughs> when you were doing the casting, like, you know, when the creators were doing the casting for this film, like, did, they, did it not occur to them that there was only 13 years age difference? And, I mean, they make her look younger than she actually is in this movie. So, like, it, it's just, it's fucking weird but it's like weird funny like it's one of those moments in a film where like you're sitting around with your friends you're having some drinks or you know you're 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 smoking the funny stuff or whatever the fuck it is you're doing you're eating nachos or whatever and you're laughing your ass off because it's like wow like this movie really goes there and it's kind of like a sci-fi movie but in higher quality maybe a little bit a wee bit not much but it is kind of a little um I mean, okay, the scene that I was just talking about where Mrs. Scolari, who's played by Alice in England, I just remember that, um, she's dressed all sed- seductively and, you know, she's going to enjoy her dozen donuts and gets killed by said donuts. I mean, it's pure cheese. It's cheese to the highest degree, but it's fucking funny. That's what makes this movie so cool. It's that kind of movie. I mean, like I said, when I saw people complaining about this movie, it's like, This movie is exactly what you would expect it to be. Like, am I right? Like, it's Attack of the Killer Donuts. The music. The music in this movie is quirky. The supporting cast is like a laugh track that doesn't need to be queued up to work. And that's also the thing. Okay. I'm not going to say this is like the funniest fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. No, this isn't the Police Academy movie. It's not fucking Beverly Hills Cop. It's not not a movie where, like, you know, I fucking died laughing my ass off. But a lot of horror comedies fail. They fail with the laughs. The laughs, they fall flat. They're not funny. They're too obvious, whatever. This one does not. It does not fail. It, it, there are some decent laughs. I mean, okay, you know, there's, there's fart jokes. And fart jokes are boring. But, I mean, green fart gas, I mean, that's got to say something, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, and, okay, if you're paying attention to this film, which clearly I have that bad habit of doing so sometimes (laughs) the movie doesn't seem to know what time of day it is is it day is it night there's like there's points where like the the cops for example are driving around they got the guy the the perp in the back um and and then they're driving around and it's like pitch black outside it's like nighttime and then we go back to the donut shop and you can clearly see there's light coming through the windows which means it's daytime and supposedly, like, it's, the, the movie's supposed to take place at night, but when, when, when Johnny goes to work, it's bright and sunny. When, when Michelle shows up to work, it's bright and sunny. And yet, one of the customers, not even ten minutes after this, says to them, have a good evening. What? What fucking time of the day is this? Like, where did you film this? Is this in Alaska, where it's like, you know, six months of sun and six months of dark like what the fuck is going on but i don't care it's still kind of funny it's like it's one of those days one of those like things i should say not one of those days although i am getting confused with day and night as i'm talking about this but it's one of those things where it's like okay so you don't know if it's day or night who the fuck cares i i'm watching cgi fucking sprinkle covered donuts with teeth killing people because they were dancing in a red, seductive, lingerie, nighty thing. Why? 
but it's fucking funny. I'm all for people having opinions. I mean, hell, you're listening to mine. I get that. I, 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 I understand people have opinions and whatnot about this movie. But if the title alone does not give away what you are about to see, possibly sit down, you know, comfortably, but sit down because you may have to sit for a while and reevaluate your comprehension skills. Attack of the Killer Donuts. It's that kind of movie. And I mean, like I said before, green fart gas. Come on. You know what you're walking into? IMDb has this film at 3.7 out of 10. You're taking it too seriously. The Facebook rating, however, is 4.7 out of 5. And that makes a little bit more sense because I'm... The thing is, is that I, I, I'm looking at it that people that are on Facebook and that, you know, are following this film on Facebook, I'm one of them. You know, we we liked the page. Well, there's a reason for that. It's because we knew exactly what we were getting and we got it. Um, Rotten Tomatoes has this at a 41% approval rating, but then again, that kind of doesn't surprise me. 60% of Google users like this film. So there were 60% of people who got it and the other 40% probably took it too fucking seriously. This killed me. I I had to, I, I had to quote this for sure because Noel Murray of the LA times, God, such a great you know, great newspaper, L.A. Times. Yes, fuck off. Anyways, he said that director Scott Wheeler is a veteran special effects artist. He's not lying there. Who handles the creature animation quite well. Yes, he does. The donuts bounce around adorably and even carry a touch of grotesque menace as they leap at customers' throats spewing a sickly green jelly. Yep, yep, that's exactly what it does. Then he follows it up with, but the lack of any real imagination makes Attack of the Killer Donuts a chore. This movie is essentially a series of unfunny sketches featuring the untimely demise of one broadly stereotyped character after another. A hippie, a chubby cat lady, a homeless man, a two-timing bimbo. Yeah, okay. And these kinds of projects are aimed at garbage connoisseurs looking for something dumb to watch with friends on a weekend night. But when the stupidity is intentional and lazy, the eyes glaze over. No, the eyes do not glaze over like a donut. No, that's... He missed the point. This is meant to be that kind of movie. So, I'm going to do this two ways. The podcast zero rating for this movie, where I stand right now, because I knew what I was getting into when I watched this movie. It's a 7.5 out of 10. And you're going, what the fuck is this guy thinking? But hold on. If I'm critically rating this movie... Okay. Yeah, 4.5, maybe a 5. But come on now. We're talking about killer donuts. And a movie that I might add is self-aware of itself. Let's use some common sense here, okay? Come on. As a fan, as a fan commenting about this movie, 7.5. Because you know what? I need to do a bit more of that with this show. I have to remember that initially when I started this podcast and what I came into this podcast for was because of my love for these movies. Yeah, these movies are bad. Some of these some of these movies are fucking amazing. But I I'm not going to I'm not going to say the title again, but the title says it all. Okay? Let's common sense. When you go into this movie, I mean even even alone, like the the poster artwork if you catch the reference is actually them referring to gremlins. 
it, it, the, the original poster artwork for Gremlins was, you know, Billy's hands holding the box and, you know, Gizmo's little hand coming out of the, the Oriental box. You know, you remember that. It, or there was also another poster where it was like a gift box was like kind of ripped open. You saw like, you know, the peering of a gremlin through through the hole. Okay, so this is two hands holding a donut box with a donut creeping out. It, it's... <laughs> It knew what it was doing. It was trying to have fun. Crypt TV just released their own short film called Scamp, which is in the same idea. It's the little monsters that are antagonizing a small sleepy town. That's what this is. Me personally, 7.5 out of 10. I fucking love this movie. Get it on DVD if you can. Um, Amazon has it and pretty cheap too, I might add. So get it on DVD. It's well worth it. Um, if you like these kinds of movies, if Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is your kind of film, if Critters is your kind of film, Ghoulies, Munchies, um, those kinds of films, if that's what you like, you will love the fucking shit out of this movie. And on that note, I am going to say, thank you for listening. I'm also going to say again for one more time, thank you to Ben um, for allowing me to watch the Banana Splits film in advance. That was really awesome of you, Ben, to hook me up. And thank you to Warner Brothers for hooking you know Ben up so that he could hook me up. Very much appreciated. It's totally fucking awesome. Um, where to find the show? If you well, obviously you found it somewhere. But I'm going to say this anyways for those who you know may want to look other other areas. You know what I mean? There's many areas on the net. Uh, but you can go to Apple Podcasts. No longer iTunes, by the way. It's Apple Podcasts, uh, Google, Spotify, or the Next Level Network. The nextlevelnetwork.com uh, nextlevelnetwork.com slash podcast zero is the home of podcast zero you can also find this at whatlurksbehindpodcastzero.com you can email me at whatlurksbehindpodcastzero at gmail.com on the social media where everyone is so toxic with their opinions no I'm kidding um, actually I'm not really kidding because it's a lot of what's on there but anyways Facebook.com slash what lurks behind podcast zero, where you will find the least amount of toxicity I can possibly bring to the internet. I do. If there's something I'm posting about that I'm not too happy about, I just probably won't comment it. I'll just post it just for your, you know, your knowledge and whatnot. But I do try to not be that guy that knocks everything down all the time because you know what? At the end of the day, and I've said this before on this podcast, people put their hard-earned time and, and, you know, they put a lot of hard work into these 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 properties that we love so much. Whether we love them or not, that's a totally different story. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one. But it doesn't mean that people didn't try hard to create something. So on Facebook, I try to keep the toxicity levels down. Same with Instagram. Same with Twitter. Instagram, at what lurks behind Podcast Zero on Twitter. At WLB Podcast underscore zero. I've mentioned it before. I'll mention it again. The Redbubble store is redbubble.com slash people slash podcast zero. Go buy a shirt. You'll 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 be better for it, you know? No, I'm I'm just fucking with you. But whatever. You know what? That's that. That's it. It's time to get the fuck on out of here. I am going to, however. Mention next week's episode. Next week's episode is a lot higher quality than Attack of the Killer Donuts, um, but it's one that I've been I've been waiting to do. I, I've been waiting to review this movie, and I'm very excited that now I'm going to finally do it. Um, 
starring everyone's uh, favorite monster, Fred Gwynn, um, along with Dale Midkiff, Denise Crosby, and Mika Hughes, and, and was it Miko, Miko Hughes. Um, you know, Ramones wrote a really good song with this title, and it's, it's based on a Stephen King novel, my favorite Stephen King novel. I think I've said enough. You know what movie I'm talking about. From 1989, Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. No, um, I always get the song queued up in my head when I always say you know, Pet Cemetery. It's like, whatever, I'm not going to sing it for you. Uh, we'll avoid that altogether. Um, however, though, to end this episode off, Let's do some cool music, some music that's a lot better than my shit. No, um, so I'm going to do something a little bit more underground. It's a song I heard recently that I remembered from a while back. I was like, I remember that song. Fuck, I love that song. And so I thought I'd, I'd, I'd add it on this week's episode. It's from a band or, you know, a band. I say that loosely. I think it's like two guys. Uh, Modulate. And the song is called Skullfuck. Yep. That's this kind of episode because, you know what, this episode's just all over the fucking place and it's just batshit wild and crazy and all I've been doing is talking about food and, you know, banana splits and donuts and whatnot. Now I'm kind of hungry, but figured I'd go out with, like, a very bizarre song. So we're going to go out with Modulate Skullfuck and that's that. That's it. I'm done. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. Next week, we're going to go play with some cute little gray cat named Church in pet cemetery bye for now everyone